idolatry, the idolatry that we're seeing here is they are finding their peace and joy. They're finding their purpose. They're searching for their life in something other than God. And we're going to see it's two different things. It's going to be in the love of Jacob, uh, which Lee is not going to have, but Rachel's going to have. And the other is going to be just beating my sister. You know, I don't know how many of y'all ever have those sibling rivalries, but they just want to beat each other. And the way to beat each other is to have the most babies. I know it's not really our, it's not really our culture there, but they're, they're just, it's like a baby war war going on, a baby race going on. And through all the midst of this sin, through all the midst of this idolatry, God is going to still be bringing forth his purposes. God is going to be bringing forth his purposes, which is Jacob is going to have a lot of seed. He's going to have a lot of, he's going to be a great nation. He's going to be, uh, many nations are going to come from him. That's what he told Abraham. That's what he uh, told Isaac and Jacob. So what we're going to do, these next few chapters are going to be hard just from an application standpoint. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have to just kind of walk through them, see what's going on and then we can talk about how they apply to us okay y'all with me okay it says verse 31 remember what happened Jacob has been tricked. Now he's got two wives. He wanted Rachel, but Laban gave him Lee, and now he's got Lee and Rachel, and he loves Rachel, and he doesn't love Lee. So it says, 31, And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So God's mercy is given to the unloved woman. You can, you get this uh, picture. Remember, we talked about this once before when we talked about Sarah being barren and then Rebecca being barren and now Leah is is or Rachel is barren um, this is in this culture this is not just uh, it's not just suffering it's a stigma it's like a humiliation it's like a you know well you're not much of a woman if you can't bear children especially sons you know in this time uh, and so it would have been a stigma upon Rachel but Leah is also facing humiliation because she's married to a guy that doesn't love her he She's married to a guy who doesn't want anything to do with her, would rather not be married to her. He really got tricked into marrying her. And so um, you, you can imagine, you know, him waking up every morning just with disdain on his face for this woman that he really didn't want and now he's stuck with. And so you can imagine how she feels. And Rachel, you know, she's got everything. She's the pretty one. Remember it said Leah was the ugly one. She was the one that was uh, weak-eyed, you know, is not easy on the eyes. Uh, Rachel has everything, but Rachel doesn't have the one thing that is going to make her a real woman, so to speak, in this culture. She's not able to have kids, but Leah is going to be pumping them out left and right. Okay? Jacob hated her so much. Why did he keep going into her? Huh? <laughs> now, I really don't think I have to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be honest with you, I don't think that. You know, you I think you know the answer to that question. You know, so you would think that if he loved Rachel that much, I mean, you know, he had Rachel. Well, Jacob's not the. He's not the. Uh, he's not the purest flower on the on the bush, if you can see. But also, listen. I mean, it, having sons, having a family, having a big family is huge in this culture. I mean, you've got to. That's the mark of blessing. That's the mark of. And Rachel's not able, and he's married to this other one, and she's. He looked at Leah as providing blessing. Maybe so. Maybe so. Him the children. Maybe so. And we'll get to this later. 
But she did, really. It's not Rachel who has the promised seed. It's Leah. Now, Rachel's going to have the, uh, the, the head of family, Joseph. But Christ is not going to come through the line of Joseph. He's going to come through the line of... Of what? Judah. Judah, which is from Leah. Moses and Aaron are going to come from the line of Levi, which is from Leah. And so you, you see that she is she is unloved. She is, um, you know, facing going to face all this humiliation, all this stuff. But she is the one that God has chosen to bring forth this this line. And so. Here's the, the account of the first four sons. They're all born of Leah. We're going to get to 12 eventually, but these first four, verse 32, and I want you to see the names of these sons are important. We've heard all these names before, Judah and Levi and Reuben and Naphtali and Asher and all these, but the names, to see how they named each child, it's almost, it's, it's kind of crazy really because they, they start naming the kids, they start naming these 12 sons based on their competition with each other to see who can have the most sons or to see who the best wife is. So like when you hear these names, I mean, you, you'll forever, if you were an Israelite, you would forever remember that they were born out of this sinful struggle to, you know, to, to have the, have the most or to find their peace in the fact that Jacob loves me more than you, or to have the peace in the fact that, you know, they, uh, they beat their sister, you know, Leah wins or the Rachel wins. And so the first four sons, verse 32 says, And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. Reuben literally means see a son. See, you know, it's like, see, here's a son. Uh, and so that's what his name means. And it says, uh, named him Reuben, for she said, surely the Lord has looked upon my affliction. She named him see a son because Reuben, because she was saying the Lord has seen my affliction. What affliction is she talking about? It says it right in the next clause after that. Jacob don't love her. Yeah, Jacob's, Jacob does not love her. And so it says in the very end, it says, Now therefore my husband will love me. What is her motivation? She wants Jacob to love her. She, she is desperate for Jacob. She, she wants to have this son. She is the one who brought the firstborn son, which is important in this culture. And she the only thing she wants is for Jacob to love her. And that's it. So you kind of get a picture of her heart. She is seeking for Jacob to love her. She wants him. She wants his love more than she wants anything else. And she's almost, you're going to see here in a minute, she is wrapped up in the fact that all of her joy, all of her purpose, all of her peace in life, if I can just get my husband to love me, I'll finally be able to be happy. And of course, that's not the case. Is Reuben going to make Jacob love her? No, not, not even a little bit. In verse 33 it says, And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated. See, she's still hated, even after Reuben. He hath therefore given me this son also. She named his name Simeon. Simeon comes from the Hebrew word Shema, which means to hear. And so he said, I'm going to name him Simeon because the Lord has heard that I was hated. And so she names him. She's named the first two children based on her affliction. And what affliction is it? Yeah, husband don't love me. Okay, so imagine if you're Simeon. Mom, why'd you name me Simeon? 
because my, my God heard, God gave me to you because my husband didn't love me. Yeah. I mean, she's naming her children based on the fact that she is hoping that the children are going to alleviate her lack of love or what she feels is the lack, the need of love. And so she is still focused on Jacob's love. That's kind of her idol. It's what it seems like to me. That's, you know, I, that's all I care about in this life is I want Jacob's love. And that's what's causing her to have and name these kids. And it says, 34, she conceived again. This is the third son, bore son. And she said, now this time will my husband be joined to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. The word Levi means joining or attached. And so she said... I want, notice how her, her goal kind of drops down a little bit. It's no longer I want my husband to love me. Now it's I want him just to be joined to me. I want him just to be attached to me. It looks like her goal is diminishing. You see, now this is me thinking out loud. This is not, this is not Bible. And so this is just the sense that I get. It's almost like her hopes are being diminished. Like she's realizing, you know, love is just not an option. So I just want to be attached to me, you know. And so she names this child Levi because now, you know, I've had three sons. Rachel has none. And I have three sons. Surely now, after all this, surely he's going to be attached to me at least. Be dwelling with me. Be uh, joined to me is what it, what it says. And um, of course, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Levi, of course, is what, like we said, where the line of Moses and Aaron are going to come through Levi. So, so she is she's uh, producing this. The, her seed is going to be the ones that God is going to use in mighty ways. Um, and then this last verse in this chapter says that she conceived again and bore a son. And she said, now this is important. She said, now will I praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah and left bearing. Now, Judah means he will be praised. And so did you see the shift after the fourth son? What is now her goal? What is now her purpose? What has she shifted her attention to? Yeah, she's like, you know what? Following after seeking Jacob's love and having that as my purpose in life, having that as my goal, having that as my whatever, it's fruitless. It's fruitless, and you know, it, there's just no, there's no way that that can that that can. Uh, that can satisfy whatever that need is in her. So she says, now, he says, this time, this time, I'm just going to praise the Lord. I'm going to turn my eyes to God. I'm going to turn my eyes to him and I'm going to trust in him and I'm going to praise him and I'm going to seek him and I'm going to fix my eyes on him. What lesson do you think we can learn from her struggles and then her change of heart, change of mind? Anybody? No lesson. The lesson's kind of obvious. Anybody? Well, you're chasing after something that you know that you possibly ain't going to get. And then so with that, you know, there's going to have to be a heart transplant that says, uh, I, I need to give up on what this flesh wants and I need to start focusing on what. Yeah, wants. yeah, absolutely. And you see, her idol is what? Jacob. Jacob, yeah, uh, yeah, his, his affection. 
Is is affection between a husband and wife a good thing? Might better be. Yeah. <laughs> you would hope so, huh? Family. Family is a good thing. It's a gift from God. But she has turned it into she's turned it into an idol. She's turned it into her her hopes and dreams and all of her happiness and all of her joy and all of her she's turned it into something that it was not meant to be. Do you think he was just gonna let us leave in her own? Even though it says that he hated her. Obviously, he didn't hate her too much. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. I mean, he could have just been playing her along. And <laughs> well, she was the only one having kids, so he using her, using her to have sons. It's possible. Obviously, he didn't hate her that much, and they did have some sort of relationship. Obviously, they had a physical one for sure. Absolutely. But her whole lament, each each time she bears a son, is, Oh, now that I wish my husband would love me. Oh, now I wish my husband would love me. And she continues and continues and continues. So finally she has... Now, in full disclosure, let me say this. She's going to go back to... She's going to have three more kids before the chap, this next chapter is over. She's going to go back to, Oh, I wish my husband would love me. So this isn't a change of heart that opens up the door and she never goes back to... you know. She's going to go back to uh, looking for Jacob's love and, and all that. But in this moment, you see just desperation. You see her turning to the one thing that can satisfy her uh, away from the idol that she has made. Uh, now, understand what I'm saying when I'm talking about idolatry and this idol. This is a good thing. A family, your husband loving you, your wife loving you, your children, your sons, your daughters, th that's a gift from God. That's a good thing. But you, she has taken that good thing and put it on the throne of her life rather than having God on the throne. Huh? She's sitting in front of God. Yes. Like most marriages and relationships today, it's a fleshly, earthly longing and all of that. Absolutely. And God given, and that's why they don't last. That's why relationships and marriages and That's right. Don't last. That's one of the things you do in like premarital counseling before somebody gets married. Make sure you understand. This person is not going to fill the need in your soul. This person is not going to be, you know, they, if you try to make them the center of your life, you're going to be very disappointed with them. And usually that turns into, why can't you be this for me? When it's reality, it is Christ that has to be that. It can only be that. And so she is, yes. What I was going to say is what's interesting is because you see it a lot nowadays. When you have a marriage like that that is not fulfilling, a lot of times that uh, spouse or parent will turn toward the kids. Yes. And there's really nothing here to show that that's what she did, that she turned toward the kids. She was still no. fighting and chasing after her husband. Yes. And she is going to, I will tell you, when we go to this next chapter here in just a second, it does look like she turns her attention to the war against Rachel. And so that's the only thing that I kind of see like here she she turns to God because she's given up chasing after Jacob's love but she's going to go back to Jacob's love before it's over but the next thing she turns to it looks like the fight with Rachel I mean because they are they're going to have a baby war you know like who can who can pump out the most babies or the best babies or the whatever and it, it, it's almost insane the way it's phrased here and so when you think about it the more I like the more of the story kind of jumping ahead is the, the lesser of the two and that's kind of like how we are you know we look around our life and the world in which we live and it looks like we're losing yes and it looks like Leah is losing yes but at the end of the day she will be the winner just like we will right 
And so there, there will be both, both women will, both women in this all the way through the next chapter, both women have this moment where they, you know, this is, this is dumb. We're going to turn to God. Leah's is right here. Now she's going to get sucked in again. And then at the, at the, where we stop in chapter 30, Rachel is going to have this moment when Joseph is born and she's going to say, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to praise God, you know? And so both are going to have this moment, but you see this kind of, um, struggle through idolatry, the idolatry of Jacob's love. They're fighting for Jacob's love, the idolatry to see who, who can have the most kids and who the best wife is. You see them work through all of this stuff finally to find God is there, is there ultimate answer. I know what's kind of a crazy question to ask, but what, and it's probably will never be able to answer this. Why do you think God uses these types of circumstances in life to get to the point to where they have to praise Him at the end of this? Because to show that He is God. Uh, because if if He did not bring, I think that is true. Whether it's Jacob, Isaac, you've seen you've seen all these people of God that God used. They were fallible. They were not good people. They were messed up. They they didn't do things right. They were always sinners. Because God will not allow man to take His glory. He won't allow people later on to say well the only reason this happens is because Abraham is such a good guy or that, that Jacob was such an upstanding model you know, this is all of God this nation will be brought forth out of the slimiest pit of sin and goo so that God alone will be praised I think you know that's just me thinking and so verse 1 let me get through these verses and we'll, we'll wrap it up it says and Rachel okay Lee is pumping out these kids and when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister. She was jealous and said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. Now she knows Jacob is not in control of her having kids, but she's setting him up for what's about to happen. And Jacob's anger was kindled. Notice he was not a very nice guy when it came to all this, even though it says he loved Rachel. And he said, am I in God's stead who hath withheld thee from who? From you, the fruit of the womb. Notice he doesn't say from us. That's kind of heartless, isn't it? Am I God who kept you from having kids? You know, while I'm having them over here with your sister? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, he's, but I'm just saying. He's saying the problem ain't me. Yeah, I'm not the problem. Yeah. Ask, but think about it. It's kind of heartless, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of heartless. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of hitting you when you're down. Jacob's not, although it says he loves Rachel, he's not a very nice guy. And we've seen that over and over again. He's not a very nice guy at all. And so he, he kind of sticks it to her, you know, gives her a jab, insults her in the midst of all this. She's saying, why don't you give me kids? He said, it's not me. It's not my deal. It's your deal. And so what he says, what she, I think she's setting him up because verse 3 says, and she said, behold, my maid Bilhah, he says, here she is, go into her and she shall bear upon my knees that I may have children by her. Now, what that means to bear upon her knees, what would happen is the, the, the house, you know, the wife, uh, the maiden of the house would go and the, to, huh? Big. No, no. To kind of keep it from gro being gross, the servant would have the baby on her lap. Like she'd be, you know, 
there to catch. And would have and that would be it would be her bait. Like it was a form of like surrogate motherhood where if, if she actually, you know, has it on her lap, then it would be her it'd be her baby. Yeah, it's a good visual for you. And so she was she was telling she was saying, You go into this woman, this servant, and that will be my child. Where have we heard that before? Is that something new that we've seen in Genesis? That's the same thing that happened with Abraham, isn't it? Hagar and all those kind of things. And so you see this same deal. Rachel is, both women want what the other one has. Leah just wants Jacob's love. That's it. And Rachel wants to have sons for Jacob. And so you got Leah, you know, she has sons but no love. And Rachel has love but no sons. They both want what the other one has. And so Rachel comes up with a scheme which... trying to fix it. In no time did they go to God in prayer and ask for it. So they're just using worldly things to try to get what they want. Yes. And they're going to continue. It's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Jacob says, like any good husband, okay. okay. <laughs> Verse 4, he says, And she gave him Bilhah, her handmaid to wife, and Jacob went in her. Jacob doesn't say, Now, honey, that's not really a godly thing to do. We really shouldn't be, you know. No, Jacob's just having the time of his life, seems like. And she conceived, and she bore Jacob a son. And Rachel said, notice it's Rachel that names the son, not Bilhah. This is Rachel's son, legally. It says, and Rachel said, God hath judged me, which means judge is not a negative thing here, it's positive. God has vindicated me. He said that I am winning and has also heard my voice and hath given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan. The word Dan means vindicated or judged. The word, if you, the name Daniel, like not girl, but Daniel, the boy named Daniel means God is my judge. And so Dan means judged, vindicated. So she is proclaiming that God has vindicated her and names her son vindication. Now, what does it mean that she, God has judged me? God has vindicated me. God has looked at my case and said, you're right and has given me a son. What is she focused on? Getting a, Getting a son, but vindicated, judged. What I mean, right in what? You know, what do you mean? God has judged you rightly, or God has vindicated you? It what is? It's like she's trying to say that you know, because God bore this child through my handmaid, that hey, it's it's okay. It's okay. That's possible. I hadn't thought of that, but that is possible. Plan worked. Or it could also be that she is saying God has lifted me up over Leah. God has lifted. He's judged me rightly. I'm the real wife. I'm the one that's supposed to be the wife. And God has shown that, you know, I've got it going on now because she, it seems like she's focused more on besting Leah than she is having kids or, or having Jacob love her. Uh, we'll it's really odd that they do that because if somebody else had a kid for me and it wasn't my seed and my husband's seed, I don't think I won. I mean, it's still that woman's child. You know what I'm saying? So she yeah. well, her priorities and things really... Well, it would be akin to adoption. You know, it would be akin to adoption today. I have a child. Yes. Not any near me. And I yeah. love him. Sure, sure. But see... 
the the thing is it wouldn't be what, what we're seeing here is not the fact that it's not our child or anything like that the fact is it would be like you and Lori are in a baby race and you adopt this child and you love the child but you name them you name your child victory because you're winning in the baby race you know that'd be a little weird <laughs> that's right well that's what's going on she names him Dan and so it's like she's focused on beating Leah rather than hey raising this child this is our child and you know okay fine and so it says <coughs> she does it again and Leah said no no where am I at seven, seven. and Bill Rachel's maid, same lady, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed. And she called his name Naphtali, which means my wrestling. Okay? Now it's just out in the open. All I want to do is beat my sister. You know? With wrestlings, I have. Re How is she wrestling against her sister? For the love of, um, of Jacob. Yeah, for for the love of Jacob, but more more specifically, who can have the babies? You know, who can have the babies? That's what we want to see. That's all that matters is having the kids, and the the wife who has the most kids wins. And she's the bet. You know, that's the thought process anyway. And so, she, mom, why did you name me my wrestling? Well, son. Your sister and I had this little contest going when y'all, you know, it's just, it's really strange. You see the idolatry everywhere. I mean, at first it was Jacob's love. Now it's just, I'm going to beat you, you know, to be victorious. That's she, they've lifted that up as, you know, that's the only thing that matters. We're going to start having all these kids just so we can beat the other one. And so you've got right now, you've got four kids for Leah. You got two kids for Rachel. Technically, they're Bilhah's kids, but you got two kids that are un up under her name. Leah has stopped bearing. Now, I'm going to show you here in a little bit that what I think, and this is just me thinking out loud, I think Rachel went to Jacob and said, You're not allowed to go into her tent anymore. You don't mess with her anymore. That's what I think. And I'll, I'll explain that when we get to it in just a minute. But Leah says, This is not fair. She can't have her maid. You know, bearing kids for Jacob, and and you know, I'm not allowed to. I'm he's not allowed to go into me anymore. And so it says in verse uh, 17, it's no man. I don't know why I keep jumping. Nine. When Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob to wife. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, a troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. That word troop can either mean a big company or it can, it can mean, um, it can mean a, a favor with God. And so she says, you know, God has, God is blessing me through my maid, really. And she names him, she names him, um, she names him Gad which means a company or it means good fortune. She's rejoicing that God's blessed her. What's her focus? Is it the blessing of God or her children? No, she's trying to get over on Rachel. She's trying to get over. Now, the 12 and 13, I'm going to speed up just a minute so we can get through. It says, And Zilpah Lees made birth Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she calls his name Asher, which means happiness. And so she is still saying she's happy now because she is winning. It's six to two. Okay? Leah has six kids, although two are from this maid. And Rachel has two kids. So Leah is winning the fight. She's winning the battle. Isn't it funny that they all have a voice? 
Yes, it's really fun. There's only one girl going to be born, and absolutely nothing is said about her. It just says, and Leah gave birth to Dinah and moves on to the next deal. That's it. And so we see here that this, this war is going on. Well, the competition is going to escalate. i got to hurry up or we're not going to get done. The competition is going to escalate. Verse 14. Now, here's a neat little story. And Reuben, remember Reuben, firstborn, he's probably, you know, we don't know how old he is, but he's a child here, five, six, seven years old, right in there somewhere. Could be a little younger. It says, And Reuben went to, in the days of the wheat harvest, and found mandrakes in the field, and brought them to his mother Leah. You know what mandrakes are? Mandrakes are, they're like a root. Looks kind of like potato, but it's shaped like a person. Have you ever seen those roots that are, you know, they, you look it up. Uh, it was kind Commonly, superstitiously thought that mandrakes would help a woman with fertility. And so he finds these roots that are not common for the area. He finds these roots, he brings them, and there's this superstition. It's not going to work, so it's just this old wives' tale. Uh, but they would help you with fertility. Rachel's going to get these roots, but she's not going to have kids for years and years later. So they don't work. It's not a fact, a scientific thing or anything. It's just an old wives' tale, superstition. And it says, uh, Then Rachel said to Lee, Give me, I pray thee, of thy son's mandrakes. Why does she want them? Have a baby. Remember, Rachel has had zero babies herself. She's had two out of a handmaiden, still barren, still can't have any kids. And so, and she said unto her, this is what Lee said, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? And wouldest thou take away my son's mandrakes also? What is she worried about? She's, yeah, she don't want Rachel having babies. She don't want, look, you, as far as Lee's concerned, you stole my husband. You know what I mean? My husband loves you and instead of me, you know, and you're the pretty one. You're the one that's got all the stuff going for you and whatever. You think I'm going to give you my son's mandrakes? No way. I'm not, you know, they were both probably thinking these are, would help with fertility and all this. Kind of, I'm not giving you no help in this battle that we got going on. And so she said, is it take my husband? You want my mandrakes also? And now Rachel is going to make a deal. This is why I think Rachel told Jacob to stop, you know, being intimate with Leah. And Rachel said, therefore, he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's man. She's making a deal. They're pimping Jacob out for mandrakes. <laughs> Basically, he says, I will let you go into his tent if you will give me your son's mandrakes. Now... If you're a if you're an upstanding moral person, what would you say to this? I mean, this has gotten really ugly. It's gotten really it's gotten it's gotten so bad. I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's pretty dirty now that they're they're dealing for Jacob's physical affection. I mean, it's 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 pretty strange. What do you think Jacob's going to say? I love all this. <laughs> just like, just, just like any good fella. Verse 16 says, Jacob came out of the field in the evening and Leah went out to meet him. She's running. You see her skipping out of the tent. Jacob. She says, she doesn't ask. She said, thou must come into me for surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. <laughs> and Jacob says, who do you think you are? No, he, <laughs> no, he said, Jacob said, okay. okay. <laughs> and he lay with her that night. That's all it says. Um, I mean, 
the, the level of dysfunction in this family, the level of sin, the level of just, I mean, just awful, awfulness has grown to the point where, I mean, it's just almost unexplainable how they are so in love with themselves, all of them. Leah wants to get over on Rachel. Rachel wants to get over on Leah. Jacob's just like, hey, whatever. You know, they're all just wanting, they're all, they're having these kids and it's, it's not about family anymore. It's not about loving children. It's not about getting a husband to love me. It's about winning. I want to win. I want to beat Rachel. And Rachel says, I want to beat Lee. I mean, it's all about self. It's devolved into to just this awful, awful scene. But God is still going to work through them. It says, verse 17, And God hearkened unto Lee. He heard Lee's cry. Evidently she's praying for a kid. And she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, God hath given me my hire because I have given my maiden to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. Issachar means wages. <laughs> so she names the kid Wages because she hired out the husband with her mandrakes and gave her maid. To, I mean, you, it's just awful, just awful, awful. And Lee conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Lee said, God has endued me with good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulon, which means dwelling. Once again, it's not enough to win. I now want Jacob's love again. Now she's gone full circle and turned her attention back to her initial idol. I want Jacob to love me again. And it says, here's the only daughter, verse 21. And afterwards she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. That's it. That's all. Nothing said about it. We'll just push her, you know, sorry ladies, but in this time, the sons were more important. Sons were more valuable. We're going to, she's going to be important to the story. We're going to see that she is going to be the, well, I'll, I'll save that gruesome picture for you some other time. Um, it says, and God remembered Rachel. Now here's where it gets interesting. God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived, this is the first child that she has out of her own body. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord, Jacob, and said, and she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. Joseph is an interesting name. There's pieces of, you know, I'm not a Hebrew expert, but there's pieces of, of Hebrew words put together to make Joseph where it means, that part of it means to add to and part of it means to take away. So God has noticed, she has turned her attention now to God and God has opened her womb where she can have a natural son and she says, God has taken away my reproach. What reproach is that that he's taken away? Childbearing. Yeah, not able, barren. And God will add to me another son. What's that other son? His name? 
Benjamin. Yes, Joseph and Benjamin. And so what you see here in this, this whole thing, Rachel finally turns to God, praises him rather than winning the race. Through all of this, why does God allow them to keep barren sons? It just seems to make through all this ugliness, through all this sin, through all this, I mean, you couldn't make this up. It's so ridiculous. Some of the names that they give their kids and, and the motivations, but you couldn't make a story like this up. Why does God put up with all this mess? Well, this is where the 12 tribes of Israel come This is what he promised Abraham. Before Jacob was a gleam in his daddy's eye, he promised Abraham, I will make a great nation of you. Your descendants will be as, uh, as a multitude of the sand of the sea. And he is bringing forth his promise. He's going to discipline Jacob severely. You're going to see that in a little bit. He is going to, he's going to bring uh, uh, Jacob and Rachel and Lee. He's going to bring them under submission. But right now he is using even this ugliness to fulfill his promise. I mean, that's a good question to ask because, you know, God punishes sin. Yes. He does. He's going to. Him. And he will. Yes. So. Why would God use this type of sin to, to fulfill his, his desire and his will for the, to, you know, to bring forth the 12 tribes of Israel like this? The, I think the, the answer is the same answer I gave earlier. He is going to, he's going to, number one, he's going to be faithful in spite of our shortcomings. First of all, this, this should give you hope that God has made promises to you in Christ. And even sometimes your motivations are wrong, your actions are wrong, your thoughts of your heart are wrong. You know, God's going to discipline you for that. God's going to grow you through that. But it will not ever nullify his promises in Christ ever. So no matter what happens, if you are in Christ, those promises are going to be brought to pass even. And it doesn't depend upon your own goodness. It doesn't depend on how uh, wonderful you are or how great you act or any of those things. God is going to deal with you if you sin. God is going to discipline and chastise you. But those that does not nullify his promise. He is bringing his promise to Abraham to pass here in the midst of the most ridiculous, sinfully stupid things that you could possibly imagine. He is still going to bring forth his promise. And the people reading this for the first time, the Israelites uh, about to cross into the promised land as Moses is writing it, they would have no way to say, we're Israel. We're the greatest nation on the planet because we're so awesome and we're so good. Look at our origins. Look how pure our forefathers were. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? They were born out of the same muck and mire that, that people live in today and God used the sinful and the weak and the, all those things for his purposes. So they could only say it's by the grace of God that we are here about to walk into the promised land. It has nothing to do with how good we are. Um, the point that we take from the women in particular is that is that uh, they, it, it seems like they were chasing after whatever idol was presented to them. At first, it was Jacob's love. You know, if we can just, if I can just get my husband to love me, I'll finally be happy. Well, that's not going to happen. Rachel had the husband's love and she's not happy. Why? Because she can't have kids. Leah has kids and she's not happy. So Rachel, at the end of this deal, finally has the husband's love and she has a son and she still finds her peace and joy in God. She says, God has taken away my report, reproach. God has taken away these things. And so you see that there are 
Everything in life is going to be an, can be an idol to you. Doesn't matter how good it is. Doesn't matter what it is. It can be an idol if it takes the place of God sitting on the throne. Whether it's family, job, friends, hobbies, fun. I mean, you pick it. All of those things are good. There is nothing inherently sinful with anything I just mentioned. But when it's lifted up as the purpose of your life, the place where you find your joy, the place where you find your happiness, the one thing that you have to have to be happy, it's an idol. And if you've been born again, God is going to deal with, going to deal with your idols. Um, next week, as we finish, we're going to finish this chapter next week. Next week's going to be tough because it, it, we're going to start, God is going to be prospering Jacob in the midst of hard things. And it's going to be hard for us to apply. So I do recommend that you read through it and kind of know what's going on. So I won't have to take a whole bunch of time to explain it because we're going to need to talk about it because it's, it's strange and it's different for us. You know, it, we, we can see how it applies to, to Israel as they go in the promised land, but to apply, you know, He's going to be mating goats and lambs and all kind of things like that. We're going to have to apply it to ourselves. Y'all with me? Any questions, comments, cries of outrage? Why in here is Leah Barron, B-A-R-I-N-G, and Rachel is Barron, B-A-R-R-E. Is there any... Do I? The, the, in, in here it says that Rachel is Barron and Leah was left Barron. Had left bearing. She stopped bearing. So she stopped bearing. Yeah. She stopped bearing. And there are 